only thing I can guarantee you is that we're a very respectful group, Jerry and I, and if we are disrespected, uh, there will be consequences and repercussions. Enough said. JT, let's get to game one, week one, NFL season. Kicked off this Thursday or this past Thursday with uh, the evil empire, New England Patriots hosting the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And wouldn't you know it, there was some mischief already on the sidelines of the visiting team, not blaming, not blaming the Patriots organization, not blaming Bill Belichick or Tom Brady, but somehow, somewhere for the first, uh, what, 10 minutes of the game, the Pittsburgh Steelers were receiving the live broadcast of the Patriots radio uh, broadcast in their headset. So they made the Patriots, of course, turn theirs off as well. And this takes me back to when Bill Parcells did the same or a very similar thing to George Seifert to slow them down to open up a game. Uh, uh, Not George Seifert, Bill Walsh. I believe it was Bill Walsh. Uh, Back in the day when Bill Parcells was the head coach of the New York Giants, and guess who was his defensive coordinator at the time? Bill Belichick. Um, Hello. But but without, you know, not trying to cause any issues or anything like that, the game seemed out of control. Other and what I mean by that is this. Pittsburgh moved the ball up and down the field. They just couldn't get into the end zone until the very end of the game. It seemed as though the Patriots defense just said, eh, I really don't care. Whatever. Not going to matter to me. You're not going to score. And they didn't score. I'm looking at the stat line right now. Brady was 25 of 32, 88 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Julian Edelman, 11 receptions, 97 yards. Gronk, five receptions, 94 yards, three touchdowns, two of which he caught. One was a lucky, you know, hey, the ball's let me fall on it. But let's look at Big Ben's numbers, which were not bad. Even They're though, very good. Yeah, They're very better. good. But but I will say this. It all came like in the middle of the third quarter and on because they were running the rock hard against New England. Just hard. And I, I don't know what happened. 27 yards. Yeah. 31, Big, 134 altogether. Yep, Big Ben, 26 of 38, 351 yards. But here's the stat, one touchdown. One touchdown. Um, and D'Angelo Williams. Should have been two. Should have been two. Yeah, D- could have been. D.H. Bay, who I really don't like, he's not a smart player. It's not, not a smart um And well, definitely you gotta, good hands. And no, and, and, and no confidence in catching the ball. Um, went down to his knees to catch that ball. And... Uh, wasn't smart enough with plenty of room. wasn't like he was he was crowded with plenty of room to be able to yeah. catch the ball and stay in bounds. He was wide he open. Was he was wide open. He was. But I want to get back to D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams, 21 rushes, 127 yards. Doesn't um, surprise me. Averaging six yards a rush. Now, here's the deal. Doesn't surprise me. 
it, it didn't either because D'Angelo Williams is a very talented back. He just had a split time with uh, Jonathan Stewart. And, you know, he even though he's 30, he looked pretty good to me. He was following blocks and, and doing everything that a, a solid running back will do. And honestly, I don't think that Le'Veon Bell could have done much more. Let me but tell you something. D'Angelo Williams, and, and I have to correct you. I'm sorry to correct you, but I have to correct you. D'Angelo Williams is the second oldest running back in the league, 32, behind Fred Jackson. 32. Okay. 32 years old, looking like he was 20-ish. Yep. Well, he, like lost, he, he, lost, he lost, I think he lost between 10 and 20 pounds. I think they found 15 pounds. So he was, he was lighter, probably in the best shape. He's best shape he's been in, in, in a while. And quite naturally, just like I think you alluded to, that he um, doesn't didn't have a lot of tread on the tire because all the years that he was in Carolina and sharing the, sharing the carries with whoever was the uh, jumping in it, Mike Tolbert, Jonathan Stewart when he, Stewart when he was healthy, or, or, or the like, Fozzie Whitaker, I think, at, at one point. So mm-hmm. he, 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 he ran – like a man possessed, like he wanted to prove a point that I still got a lot of juice left in my legs. And he and he did. And I don't know if it was a combination of the poor run defense by the Patriots or if it was just that, you know, uh, he was finding the holes and he followed his blocks because the offensive plan for the Pittsburgh Steelers was working. It was working. Antonio Brown, nine Part of it. Part of it. Well, or part, part of it. it. Yes. Antonio Brown, nine receptions, 133 yards, one touchdown. Heath Miller, who I didn't expect to be this uh, tied or second in receptions uh, because I figured he would be blocking more, but he had eight receptions, no. 84 yards. Let but, me ask you, you know, something. The, Let me ask you wait something. Wait a minute. Go ahead. Why would you think Heath Miller would be blocking more? Um, why? Because you know. Say, let me let me let me let me say something. Can I answer it? Can I answer it? Well, let me answer it. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'll let or, you answer it. Okay. Or was it a rhetorical question? No. Well, let me put it this way. The reason why I was going to, to expand on what I was going to say was a lot of people, um, over in my opinion, overhyped um, the loss of Mark Marquise Pouncey. Now I know he's an integral part. He's a center and the integral part of the offensive line. But that offensive line is a very good offensive line. And the backup that was taken over from Marquise Ponce was no slouch. I knew that. And the, the concept that Todd Haley has in a combination of running the football and passing the football, um, I didn't think, especially passing, uh, um, and I think New England was really wary of that. Weary of that. That's why D'Angelo Williams had so much room to run, um, not to discount the line of Pittsburgh, that um, that uh, it, it, it didn't uh, surprise me that D'Angelo Williams was running as he did. Now, I, I picked him up in a couple of leagues. I picked him up in Parlay Palace, if I'm not mistaken. I picked him up in, in guys with big shoes. Didn't play him. Put him on, put him on the bench. Uh, I wanted to see uh, how he would run. Now, I regret it because he ran very well. Um uh, I have to see the guys that I have in my lineup now to see how well they're going to produce. Uh, I may substitute them next week, maybe chase some points for D'Angelo Williams. But that offense is a potent offense. The problem I had with the, the Steelers was their red zone um, play calling. 
uh, yeah. left a lot left a lot of um, to be uh, questioned on the, the type of play calls they had going into the red zone, or when they were in the red zone, I should say. And they left a lot was, of points well, on the table. And I, agree, I agree with you because I was going to get to that with my point. Mm-hmm. But um, Ben was trying to get the ball to uh, Mr. Wheaton. Now, Wheaton made a great catch on the sideline. Made a great catch, but no, he wound up with three. Yeah, well, it, to me, he looked like early on he was looking at Wheaton, and Wheaton just couldn't get separation or whatever the case may be. The ball was behind him or the ball was low, and he just couldn't connect until uh, towards the end of the game where he made a great mm-hmm. catch on the sideline. And, um, you know, when he got him in space, uh, Wheaton did well. Three receptions for, I think, for like 64 yards or something like that. But well, the, again, problem, the, the problem, I, I thought, and not to interrupt you again, but the problem I thought he looked like he was looking for Antonio because I, I was watching, I was watching precisely what Wheaton was doing because I wanted to see how well he was going to be incorporated in this offense since they were pumping him up so much, and he got open quite a bit. And Ben didn't look his way. Ben looked toward Antonio Brown, which I understand, but uh, if you want to, especially down the red zone, there's a couple times that he got wide open. Is that he had gotten the ball to him? He could, he could have gotten to the end zone. And uh, um, he looked the opposite way. He looked to the left instead of looking to the right. And, and uh, where Wheaton was cro- across, the, across the field. And and uh, you can see Wheaton was getting a little frustrated, but it is what it is. Um, I think he could have had a better night. So Yes. And I actually, in one of my leagues, I actually benched Steve Smith Sr. for Wheaton because I thought Wheaton was going to expose that, you know, young and somewhat unproven, uh, right. secondary of the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Malcolm Butler, he had pretty good coverage on Antonio Brown, even though Brown got 133 yards. I mean, he was in position, in the right position a lot of times. They just made great catches. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to say he had a bad game, but I'm quite sure Bill Belichick and the Patriots uh, kind of set him down or the entire secondary down and said uh, – this can't happen again, especially from a defensive coach where his defense gets just ran over and caught over, but they win the game. So with that being they said, shouldn't have won, they, they shouldn't have won the game. I'm telling no, you, they, they should shouldn't. not have won that game because no, they Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I don't know what the heck was going on, man. Um, how can you not cover Gronk, the major target? How can you not? How can we? How can he be open? Many times he was he was open like that, uncovered. And then how can you not? As many times as Julian Elliman, I think he caught eleven balls or something like that. How can yep. you? Why, why? I'm saying to myself, why is this guy always open? I mean, it's it obvious. Be and well, I mean, you know the the the, the communication. Um, in that uh, secondary, and I know they're young, um, but they can't be young and dumb at the same time. I tell you that. I agree. You can be young, but you can't be young and dumb at the same time. So something's got to change there. Well, you got to remember they're young, uh, somewhat inexperienced, and just a new defensive coordinator, not Dick LeBeau. But mm-hmm. it's okay. You know, that game's in the past. New England won 28-21. And we named some of the fantasy studs and duds in that game. So let's move on to the next mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about Indianapolis and Buffalo. 
Um, Interesting. Where I am, it's in, yes, it is. But where I am, several people do not believe Buffalo is going to get over ten points. In fact, one person what? who listen to me, just listen to me. I I actually um, have a a working relationship with someone uh, in this area you, that has one that know. has won. Shut your mouth. That has won the Fox Pick'em um, uh, thing. Granted, it was a, almost 10 years ago, but nonetheless, he won nonetheless. Um, and he, he picked this game as 28-9 to nine in favor of Indy. And I'm saying, and I, and I announced this on the air, and I, I, I said, I really don't believe that was a good call. Indy might win the game, but you have to look at several factors here. The game is in Buffalo to begin with. I know yep. the weather isn't a yep. factor right now. I know it's not a factor, yep. but nope. Buffalo nope. at home is one hell of a team. Now, home opener. Home opener. Yes, home home opener. Uh, you, have a, you have a new defensive coach that can ratchet that defense that was already good, ratchet it up even further. Um, and you have a mobile quarterback that can actually throw the ball as well, who actually was Russell Wilson before Russell Wilson was Russell Wilson. You know, yep. he just he just he lost the opportunity to be the starting quarterback in Baltimore due to an illness, and then no one else gave him a chance until now. Now, I know Shady's hurt or he's nicked up. He said he's not 100 percent, but he's going to play. Uh, I know that Sammy Watkins didn't have a big preseason, but I do know he loves to throw the ball to the tight end, which is Mr. Clay, who was a, uh, a stellar tight end in Miami with Tannenhill. So you give him all the other weapons to put around him, and I'm talking about Clay, that can take the pressure off of him, he can do well. And I will remind everybody that uh, – Indianapolis does not cover the tight end well. Not at all. Got it. You got Trent Cole in there. Trent Cole's a pass rusher, just like um, Rache Mathis. But I don't know when Mathis is coming back or uh, if he's back already or not. Um, I love DeQuell Jackson, but DeQuell cannot cover a running back or a tight end out the backfield. Um, let's see. And And Andrew Luck. He will have a good game. I, I I believe he will have a good game. T.Y. Hilton will take him deep a couple times. But it's going to be the underneath stuff with Andre Johnson and Kobe – not Kobe Fluner, Dwayne Allen. If you have opportunity to pick up Dwayne Allen on the cheap, because I've noticed in a lot of drafts that I've been in, Dwayne Allen is either not being drafted or he's getting drafted really late. He's the starting tight end. Not Kobe Fleener. Um, and Andrew Luck loves to throw to his tight end. I'm just going to tell you that. Um, Frank Gore. This might be a rough, rough game for Frank Gore because Buffalo is a very stout run defense. Um, you throw in um, uh, Darius now uh, at, at the tackle position along with Williams, and you have Mario Williams. Um, and you've got uh, – I forgot the other linebacker they got. They got another linebacker that's outstanding. It's going to be kind of tough for uh, 
for Indianapolis to win this game. I really don't see it being a lopsided game whatsoever. Fantasy value is in this game, though. Um, And, yes, the bulk of it is on the Indianapolis side, but a guy to look out for is Tyrod Taylor. I'm telling you. Yes. He's going to be be one of those guys you might want to scoop up off the waivers uh, because he might become a very valuable uh, fantasy Uh, player. And I dropped him in one of my leagues. I dropped him in one of my – I think you picked him up. But go ahead, JT. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, I'm, 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 I've been having, a, I think, an epiphany, and and the epiphany is Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. I'm going to talk about him next tomorrow. Um, we can talk about him a little bit today, but I'm going to talk about him tomorrow in my in my uh, fantasy uh, um, program. That's uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called the Master Plan. Be there going to be about an hour and a half show not an hour we're, we're going to expand this show on because i'm breaking down every team oh, excuse me every game and one of the games we're going to break down is the one we're talking about right now fantasy wise tyrod taylor hello so, michael vick so t- hello vince young hello well um, better than vince young <laughs> steve young and i'm not calling him Steve Young, Steve Young esque. Let me put it that way. Like running the football yes. and passing the football. I, I, you know what? That's a very good comparison. That is a very good comparison because the Thank kid you. has he has um, field general leadership um, yep. and very good field vision, much like Steve Young, and and much like Steve Young left a team that kind of gave up on him and. Now, you know, Steve sat behind Joe Montana and learned from Joe. Well, Tyrod sat behind a, a Joe as well, Joe Flacco. Then he was out of the league for a minute, went to, I think, Cleveland or something like that, was a backup. And now he's a starting quarterback in the NFL again for a buddy, not a buddy Ryan, Rex Ryan team who you know wants to run the ball. If you give Rex a quarterback, who can throw and run the ball, you're in trouble. And he has two of them now, uh, Tyrod Taylor and E.J. Manuel. I yep. believe Matt Castle got cut. I'm not sure. Yep. But, yes, he did. But that tells you that Rex is like, you know what, I'm glad Ikamabu, whatever his name is, punched you know, Gino in the face and broke his jaw. Because he he screwed me out a couple good years. Now I have another set of quarterbacks that will do what I wanted Geno to do, but he failed. Let me me tell you something what Rex said. Rex said in his press conference, I think it was yesterday because I saw a part of it, uh, and this was an interesting part. And this is funny because then you realize how fantasy football has gotten so big. Rex Ryan said to, and, and I'm just paraphrasing, I can't give you the exact words. Um, we got the number one fantasy quarterback coming to uh, in our in our um, in, in our stadium, um, uh, and uh, we can't wait to get started um, in order to uh, start the season off. And basically saying that we're going to uh, have a big challenge on our hands because we're playing the number one quarterback in fantasy football. So. Um, 
Fantasy football is exploding, exploding. And you know what? It's at its infancy right now, uh, believe it or six, not, even though it's all, it's all over the place. It's $6 billion, dude. $6 billion. And that's and, in its and, infancy? Whoa. It, it, it's in its infancy because there's a lot of growth still to be in fantasy football and still more and more people getting into it, realizing how much fun it could be and how lucrative it can be. That's oh yes. Com- compared to last year, and I don't know that I don't have the figures, but you're telling me six billion last year. I, I I would I would I wouldn't even blink in saying that it was probably half that last year, and I, I would say it's probably double from last year. So um, as as it gets more and more people in, involved, as more and more football fans or not even football fans get involved, um, young and old, that number. Three billion, possibly. I'm saying, I'm just putting a figure out there from last year, up to six billion this year, and God knows what it's going to be at back, what it's going to be like next year at this time. And that's the thing; it takes the casual fan and turns them into an NFL fan, not a team, but an NFL fan. Um, and I've been playing fantasy since 1999. 1999, I've been doing this, and I've had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but your thoughts on this game real quick, Indy um, and Buffalo. Indy and Buffalo. Very interesting game, and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Buffalo won this game. Andrew Luck does struggle against good defenses on the road um, with a decent pass rush that, that uh, what uh, Buffalo had. And Rex Ryan, uh, I don't know his record right off the bat against Andrew Luck, but I would think that uh, if he goes, he's been going up against somebody like Tom Brady, uh, when he was in in um, the uh, with the Jets, uh, that uh, he's used to going up against big time quarterbacks and uh, scheming against quarterbacks uh, that uh, um, are big time talents. That Andrew Luck is going to have his hands full with the uh, Buffalo defense. Now I wouldn't play him. I would not play the Buffalo defense because uh, that's too much too much of a risk for me. But uh, uh, this is a very interesting game. I I I don't even begin to try to pick this game because, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo won this game. Uh, you've seen Andrew Luck go off on teams with good defenses, and you've seen Andrew Luck um, be the absolute worst, looking like a rookie, and and play the worst game of his career. Um, so, uh, and Buffalo, being in Buffalo, being a home opener with high expectations. Um, from the fans uh, with a new coach and a new outlook on the team or a more bright, a much brighter outlook on the team because of the new coach and the new attitude of the team that would not be surprised if the, one of the major upsets of the, of the uh, first week would be Buffalo defeating Indianapolis would not be surprised. Now, I'm not going to say that Buffalo's going to upset them and beat them. I'll say it'll be a closer game than some have predicted it to be. Um, now, it, it, again, in Buffalo, early game, early in the season, weather, excuse me, is really not a factor, but the rain in that area uh, could make it more of a ground-and-pound game, which lends to what Rex Ryan likes to do anyway. Uh, but all of his backs are nicked up. Frank Gore has been relatively healthy throughout the preseason. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, 
excuse me, they haven't used him that much. His backup Pitch boom count. heron. Exactly. Uh but his backup boom heron is out. Um or he's 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 nicked up too. Um so we'll see what happens there. If it comes down to the running game, I give it I give the edge to Buffalo, especially with a mobile quarterback that can actually throw the ball. Um now, to a game that I think deserves a little something, something, and I think it's going to be one of the uh, better games of the weekend, I have to do this. Baby, I'm playing on you tonight. Hunt you down, eat you alive. Just like animals, animals, like animals move. Maybe you think that you can hide. I can smell your symptoms. Just like animals, animals, like animals move. Baby, I'm What I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is that... I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. What, <laughs> what are you impressed what, what, We are surprising each other today. We are surprising each other today. I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. This We are surprising each other today. You came up with some damn good music, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> I love it. I love well, it. Well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Yeah, go talk. Talk to me. One, that's my daughter's favorite song, Maroon 5, Animals, right? Okay. But this okay. game, I think, is going to be an animal. Green Bay at Chicago. Oh, I thought one. I see. You, now you disappointed me, but that's okay. Well, I, I thought you I know, were going to another you game. Probably, what game you thought I was talking about? Well, we'll get to that. We've we, we got to get to Green Bay and, I mean, and Chicago. I, right. I, got a couple, I got a couple that I want to play this music for, but Green Bay, Chicago. We're looking mm-hmm. at... No Jordy Nelson. We're looking right. at uh, a banged up Alshon Nick. Jeffries. Banged up Randall Cobb. A banged up Randall Cobb. Yep. But you've got a healthy Eddie Lacy, a healthy Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Devontae Adams is supposed to be have a breakout game, breakout season. Supposedly. Uh, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. Supposedly. And then on the other side, You've got some sleepers. Why people are sleeping on Matt Forte this year, I don't know. I know he's had a slight decline year to year, but he is the offense in Chicago. Martellus Bennett is the offense in Chicago. Alshon Jeffries is the offense. Now, the one player, the one player that people are sleeping on or didn't care about because they saw that Kevin White was picked. But Kevin White's out for the season, guys. Jerry, let everybody know who that other one receiver is in Chicago that they might want to think about. Well, you're stealing my thunder, but that's okay. How about that Royal <laughs> Flush? How about that Royal Flush? Eddie Royal. Royal. Yes. Yes. Now, Eddie Royal is an older guy. He's an experienced smarter. guy. Very smart. And he had, yes. And he still has his speed. Yep, And he came in, and he took the number two position from a younger guy, a younger, taller guy. Um, I think his last name is Gilbert or Gabriel or something like that. And he's going to be the number two dude. So what I'm telling you is, Chicago has firepower. The problem is, is their defense going to step up and do it? They have Antron Roll uh, roaming the secondary, which is an upgrade which is an upgrade. How much? How much? Not, exactly. But 
You got one young cornerback, which is very good. The other cornerback's good, too. They came in last year. They got beat like drums. But bang, with bang, John bang. Fox, yes, with John Fox there, hopefully the defense has changed. But Green Bay is just too tough. Eddie Lacy left. Eddie Lacy right. Eddie Lacy up the middle. Um, I love this game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I'm looking at just oodles and oodles of points out of every position on both sides, defensive uh, players as well. There will be some turnovers in this game, especially with Jay Cutler at the helm. Um, There may be some turnovers. Now, if John Fox says, no, we're going to run the rock like he did in his last two uh, places, then we'll see a difference. But again, you had in one situation, you had Cam Newton. No, did Fox have Cam Newton? And yeah, he had he had Cam Newton his yeah. first year in uh, in in uh, North Carolina. But uh, he goes from Cam to Peyton to Jay Cutler. He's regressing, dude. I don't know what happened. But anyway. It's a hell of a ride, man. It's a hell of a ride. Yeah, it is. It is. And the thing is, in both in all of his stops, running became the, the thing. I know Peyton threw a lot of balls uh his first year with with um with the head coach, but when Peyton started to get nicked up or whatever, that's when CJ Anderson appeared. And that's when you went to John Fox football. So we'll see what happens with Matt Forte. He doesn't have the same body frame to take the pounding 30 times a game uh, at the running position, running back position and catch the ball out the backfield. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it'll be a very, very good game. Your thoughts real quick, JT. Good game. Can't wait to see it. Expand more tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Man... Really? Okay. Really? How much more you <laughs> want me to expand on that? I said it should be a good game. I, I I have to dispute you on your on your prediction of a high high scoring game. I think it's going to be high scoring on the uh, Green Bay side. I don't think that uh, Green Bay's defense, in my opinion, has improved. Um, and you're playing against Jay Cutler. Um, I see Green Bay as a definite play in fantasy um, against Jay Cutler, without a doubt. Um, and I, I don't I, – I'd be surprised if um, uh, uh, Chicago scores more than 17 points in this game. I'd be real surprised. Wow. E- extremely, e- extremely surprised because I think uh, – I know it's a home opener. And what's the difference? Well, the difference between Buffalo and, and, and Chicago is their defense. Um, and with a new scheme coming out out the gate, I don't see that, that uh, Chicago defense doing too much to slow down Green Bay. Um, maybe l- later in the in the season when the concepts of the defense of Chicago uh, are more um, comfortable with the players, then uh, um, things may change. But coming straight out the gate playing Green Bay, you know, in Chicago. A low-scoring game. I don't think uh, Chicago's going to score over 17 points, and I like uh, Green Bay in a route. 
um, division I, I, rivals, oh, and, wow. and and and, and, uh, um, and and Aaron Rodgers wants to make a statement. He always goes off in Chicago. Doesn't make a difference whether it's in Chicago or in Green Bay. He but it does make a it does make a difference if your receivers can't catch the ball, and that's the one thing that we're, we're worried about here. Devontae Adams is he going to be that guy? A guy I'm very high on is also the special teams uh, kickoff return guy, is Ty Montgomery. You know, mm-hmm. is he able to step up and be that slot guy, or maybe even number two, especially if something happens to Randall Cobb to hurt his value even further? You know, I, that's why I think it's going to be a lot closer than what you're predicting. Well, well, let me ask you something here. Let me ask you something, and and this and and, and see if this comparison makes a difference. You know a guy named Tom Brady, right? And, and Tom Brady has mm-hmm. what? Cheaters. He has two. He, you know, has, <laughs> what, what else you want to call him? Tom Brady has how many op, op, options to go to? Oh, Belichick. He, Belichick has no, a no. bunch of them. No, no. How many options in the passing game does Tom hey. Brady have? He go. He has basically he has two. Three. Um, but one's down. Julian, one is down. Julian. Julian Edelman. Edelman and uh, Rob Gronkowski, they get the most targets, they get the most receptions, they get the most production. Now, do you think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback? I'm pretty sure you do. I, I, you yeah, think, yeah, of course. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me, okay, and then do you think Aaron Rodgers has more options, even though he lost Jordy Nelson? I think he's got better options and more options in the passing game than the Patriots do. So regardless if he lost Jordy Nelson or not, Aaron Rodgers is going to go off. He's got enough weapons in the game. And and you you forgot one important um player. I'm not going to name him now. I'll name him tomorrow. But well, the one important if, player that's not named uh and uh, on the um um Packers, Packers that that's going to be used uh and I wouldn't be surprised he gets at least one into the end zone tomorrow. And, I, and I'll name him tomorrow. Well, so well, he's, got, he's got he's got more weapons than uh, Tom Brady, and he's a, in my opinion he's a better quarterback. So Jerry, he's going to go off. He's going to go off. As long as you don't predict the tight end, I think Green Bay's okay. In one of our matchups, I have uh, Aaron Rodgers, who I picked up. I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about that trade, but inside pickup that you tried to yeah, veto. Yeah, I didn't try to veto it. I didn't. I wanted to. I wanted mm-hmm. to. Some mm-hmm. BS, but I mean, that's not BS. Listen. That's not BS. That that it's was a fine. fair trade. That was it a was fair not. trade. Let's, let's finish these games so we can talk about our matchup. But that was not a fair sure. trade. All right. Sure so no, it wasn't. Sure it was. Now to a game. You just jealous. I got him. You just jealous. I got him oh, for what geez. I got him for. Exactly, but I'm not jealous for that. I'm not jealous for yeah, that. And, and, and guess what? Two leagues that you play in, I picked up quarterback number one, quarterback number two in fantasy. Hello. I got this for you. <laughs> I'm waiting for the music to come out. I don't know. What, hey, what's this in me? Tell me, tell me, tell me if I'm not good in trading. Tell me, tell me. You are, tell you me. are a conniving individual. Why is Alive not playing? Let me tell you oh, something, well. Victor. 
those those offers came to me. I didn't go to that. Oh those offers God. came to me. And uh, I, I'm saying, uh, you know, I had to, I had to go back and forth with your boy in the Parlay Palace, Mr. Young, um, because he was just uh, uh, um, wouldn't wouldn't want to give up Mr. Rogers, um, and he tr- kept trying to push off Mr. Breeze, which I think is not going to have that type of season. And the, the combinations that we were throwing out there, he he just just was being unrealistic, and I finally decided to. Um, not do business with him, rejected his last offer, and out of the clear blue sky, he must have had a a epiphany or something and decided to offer something I had, I had offered him earlier in the uh, um, 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 trading process. And uh, quite naturally, when I saw that, I hit, I, I did the, the proverbial jump all over it. Of course, because so, you screwed the, the pooch. But let's get to a game. That I think you'll feel screwed. I you hope you feel screwed. You get jealous because you can't pull trades off like that. Two of them. Two of them. Wow. Shut up. Wow. Wow. Listen to Lemonade. Here's wow. a game. Here's a game for you. Wow. Kansas City at Houston. That's the one now, I thought you were going to talk about. This is going to be a slobber night because these two defenses. I, I, come on, man. Yes. Now, now listen, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. It's going to be a very defensive game. I believe that O'Brien made the right choice in putting uh, Brian Hoyer at the helm. He'll make better decisions. Unfortunately, he's got to open up against Kansas City, a returning yeah. Eric Johnson, a returning mm-hmm. Eric Berry, a mm-hmm. Tamba Ali, Chris Houston combination. Um, mm-hmm. Not to mention that they finally have a receiver that can take the ball the distance, even if you throw it to him short in Jeremy mm-hmm. Macklin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Khalees, Khalees, who who didn't play much in the preseason, um, I think is going to have a pretty good game versus Houston. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted. Jamal Charles is the go-to guy for, for um, Kansas City, but Houston's defense is off yes, the sir. chain. Yes, now, sir. Jadavion Clowney is not scheduled to start. Yes, but let's look at. Uh, he's playing. He's, pl- he's yes, playing. Yes, he is playing. He is playing. Yes, sir. But let's look at that front. Let's look at their front three. Jadavion Clowney, if if he, if yes, he shows up, yep. Vince Wilkford, yes, sir, and JJ Watt. Don't even talk about Brian Cushing. Right. Don't even talk about you know uh, Brooks Reed or some of these other cats that are out there. And exactly. Jonathan Joseph Yep. The defense of Romeo Cornell is going to have a field day if Alex Smith holds the ball. Now, they run can be life. run on. And run I guarantee life. you, they're going to run right at Jadavion Clowney, who has not proven that he can be tough enough to handle a run. And he's coming off of a knee injury. So that means a lot of lateral movement, in my opinion, they're going to do a lot of stretch. They'll do some counters and stuff like that to get this kid jacked up again. Now, it was a knee and a, a, a growing and an ankle and a, and a dreadlock and something else, but Jadavion's going to be back on the field. Now, here's the deal. Vince Wolfer is a two-down player, first and second down. Anything else 
and you're getting way you're getting way above and beyond what he's supposed to give you. But the fact that you pair him with JJ Watt, oh my goodness! Now it's the oh, game's happening in Houston. The yes, game's sir. happening in Houston, and mm-hmm. the crowd should be jacked. And it's a nice this is a nice up. place to play. It's jacked a nice place up. to play. Absolutely. However, However, I look at Derek Johnson, I look at Eric Berry, I look at Tamba, I look at Chris, I look at that that Kansas City defense, and I say, Houston, you have a problem. Because in this game, I'm not going to say that the fantasy value lies in Alfred Blue, because this is going to be a tough game for him to run against. And I don't like DeAndre Hopkins that much to begin with, Against that secondary, I really don't like him. Um, Hoyer, if it wasn't Kansas City secondary, and you know he he had more time because I think he's going to be running for his life, I would say okay maybe. But Houston, you have a problem, and it's coming in the form of a Kansas City Chief. So fantasy value wise, yes, Jamal Charles might not get over hundred. But he's going to be impactful in this game, especially if you're doing a PPR lead. PPRs would be great for Jamal Charles, Matt Forte, and some other folks. But uh, Alex Smith, don't expect much. You might get one passing touchdown to a receiver in Jeremy Macklin, because I think Jeremy Macklin can beat Jonathan Joseph one-on-one all day, every day. And Houston is not that good at covering the tight end. So Khalees might have a good game. Depends on how if he's in game shape. Because again, he didn't play during the preseason. Kelsey. But we'll see. I was wondering Kelsey. who you were talking about. Tra- Tra- Travis Kelsey, not Khalees. Whatever. Whatever. Khalees sounds like the Game of Thrones. We're talking about Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. I didn't say Khaleesi. I, I didn't say Khaleesi. <laughs> Well, he, Whatever. He, he, you damn close closer to that than pronouncing <laughs> his name right. <laughs> hey, look. No, you ain't talking because the last couple of weeks I've been correcting you on names. So get it right. All right, but anyway, you're right. Well, we right. have to give and take with each other, man, okay? All right. Travis Kelsey. Yes. Uh, yes, sir. But anyway, uh, I yeah. think that's probably the fantasy value in this game. But this is Jerry's team, and we have to uh, get some analysis from him, and then we're going to move on. Tough game, man. I like. I really like the Texans because they play a lot tougher – um, and uh, the Chiefs can throw in a uh, um, a bad game on the road, and I think this is one of them against the extremely top five defense, especially in fantasy and in real life, if I'm not mistaken, top five defense, and uh, they got one of their integral pieces back this year in Jadavian Clowney, which I think is going to have a decent um, showing. Um, he may be on a pitch count, but we'll have, we'll have to wait and see. I think uh, – He's waiting. They're waiting to unleash the beast uh, in Clowney. So, um, but they got some um, beasts um, other than Clowney, and uh, Vince, uh, Vic alluded to that. And uh, I'm anxious to see how they stack up against this Andy Reid offense, um, which uh, is a short passing game with taking shots down the field to Jeremy Macklin, and with uh, one of the best against one of the best runners in the NFL and Jamal Charles. So and going up against a stout defense in Houston. So this is going to be a good test for both teams. 
but both teams yes. have weaknesses, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They have they have uh, weaknesses. So this is one of the, in my opinion, this is one of the better games to watch this week um, because the 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 uh, uh, balance um, of both of these teams uh, against one one another. Um, both have both have uh, um, offenses that don't measure up to their defenses, in my opinion. And uh, um, I, I'm really interested. This could be a watershed moment, even though it's the first game, on about where these got two teams stand and where, how far they're going to go, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I'm anxious to see this. Um, high expectations for both of them. Um, quite naturally, I'm a Texas fan, so I have a little higher expectations with my Houston Texans. But I'm anxious to see this. I can't wait to watch this game. Uh, and it's one of the first games out, out to shoot at 1 o'clock. Clear weather, 80 degrees in Houston. Um, they're probably going to have the uh, dome open and uh, it's party time in Houston right now. But the question is, who wins the game, Jerry? I just told you, I like my Houston Texans. Do you think I'm going to go anywhere else but the Houston? Come on, man. You should. All right. No. Now to this game, to the next game, uh, we have Carolina at Jacksonville. Um, now, this is an interesting game. I'm going to be honest with you. Because you have one quarterback with young receivers that are pretty good in Allen Hearns and uh, Robinson. You have another quarterback that's pretty good but with no real talent at receiver. <laughs> yeah, not about that. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's kind of like you have a rookie in Devin Funches who has a hamstring issue right now, and he's not even starting. Ted Ginn Jr. Oof. is starting at wide receiver for I, Carolina. I, I cringe at that, man. I cringe at that. Yeah. Uh, Jerry has T.J. Yeldon starting against me in one of our leagues, and yes, that's sir. a big mistake versus versus Carolina's defense. However, this – I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it. I know I predicted this game earlier in the year um, when we were doing our predictions for the uh, NFC South and AFC South, but I'm calling the upset. I'm calling Jacksonville at home – I wouldn't be surprised. Beating, beating Carolina. Um, I would not be surprised. And, and I'm not going to say it's going to be a close victory. I think they're going to beat them by 10 or more. Um, and the reason why I say that is because you have Jonathan Stewart, who can't seem to stay healthy, going against Paul Puzlesny and that Jacksonville Jaguar defense. You can say whatever you want about Jacksonville's offense, but the defense has always been solid. Always. So when I look at that and I see that they're at home and I know that uh, uh, Bortles is a decent quarterback and he has two outstanding young receivers, uh, throwing Marquise Lee at wide receiver too, and Mercedes Lewis, who's not that bad, you know, it's going to be tough for Carolina to overcome their issues of productivity or lack thereof. I mean, Cam Newton's going to be running, running, running. He's going to have to be Superman in this game. Um, but I'm calling for upset. Jacksonville at home, week one. Um, and I think you might have some good fantasy value out of the Jacksonville receivers. Not the running game, 
but their receivers. JT. Well, I've always told this, and I guess you jumped on the bandwagon after after finally finally realizing what the hell I knew I was talking about. Please. Jacksonville plays better at home than they do on the road. High expectations for this team. Their receivers come back with uh, from all their injuries that they had last year. Um, second year to be wiser, um, more attuned to what the NFL has entailed. I mean, it has to uh, they have to deal with it, playing in the NFL as wide receivers, including their uh, quarterback, um, with a new uh, toy in the backfield in T.J. Yeldon, who I think is going to have a very good day, even though he's running against. The uh, uh, Carolina Panthers, but because, and this is the reason why I think this, is that they have an option on both sides of the line of scrimmage, on the left and right side of the line of scrimmage, to throw to either Allen Hearns or to Allen Robinson. Uh, It's going to open up lanes for T.J. Yeldon to be able to run, who they like. Now, they have to think. Now, I know the running back position wasn't the most strongest position in Jacksonville with Toby Gerhardt and Denard Robinson. But they drafted a running back. Um, Pretty much didn't use him that much because of maybe some little health issues that he may have had. But they named him the number one running back for the first game. They must have saw something in practice and part of the time that he did get in any games that they figured that this was their best option to um, run the football. So I got to believe with that new and improved Gus Bradley defense playing at home, and it was a home opener with their wide receivers who are all healthy except for their tight end, Julius Thomas. Um, but they have a capable backup in Mercedes Lewis, who was there, who's been there for a while, that this Jaguar team as a whole can get the best of the Carolina Panthers who are playing on the road and in a hostile environment. Uh, I know a lot of people are probably picking Carolina because they can't move in the company, but Victor, you hit it right on the head. Who does he going? To, who is he going to throw to besides um, Greg Olson? What liable? What and Jericho Cotri? I mean, come on. Cotri's not even starting, though. Well, you got to have number three. I think think Corey Brown is probably starting, too, if I'm not mistaken. Corey uh, Brown again, Jr. uh, So you got to believe this. It's a car with four tires riding down the highway, and one of your tires has blown, and you're still trying to get down the highway with three tires. That's how. That's what the wide receiving core and the Carolina Panthers offense is trying to do. Get down the road with three tires instead of four good tires. Um, sooner or later, you're not going to be able to get any further than, than uh, uh, without stopping and changing that tire. And that they're at this point now. Um, and uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I like I like the Jaguars in this game. I know a lot of people are thinking the Carolina, but. I like I like the Jaguars. Limited Carolina offense. I agree. Let's move on. Uh, mm-hmm. Thirty minutes and a lot of games to get to. 
This Let's is a it. game that I really I don't want to really touch on too much, but you have the Browns going to the Jets. I think uh, Jets. the Todd Bowles come. Yeah, so do I. I think Todd Bowles comes out with a victory. Um, first game as a head coach. Cleveland. Cleveland just is, mm, I don't know. And Isaiah Crowell is slated to start, but they don't know how much of a uh, of a uh, workload he's going to get. But uh, I, I really think Brandon Marshall will have a good game. I don't like Fitzpatrick too much, but I think uh, he's no, better than Gino. Like he sucks. Yeah, well, well, he was your quarterback last year. But he real sucks. Quick, I told you that. Real quick. Who do you have in this game, Cleveland and the Jets? How quick is New York Jets? How's that? Is that quick enough for you? Quick enough. Let's move on to another, uh, I believe, lackluster, but very defensive-minded game, Seattle at St. Louis. And we've talked about this (laughs) in the preseason. We talked about it. Yeah, how Seattle is not a very good road team, and St. Louis always gives them – as well as their division rivals, Fitz. Now, here's the deal. Seattle's going to start Benny Cunningham. I'm just telling you guys that right now. But it's not a good pickup to go against Seattle unless they're going up the middle. Seattle has a very good run defense on the edges. However, if you run straight up the middle on Seattle, it's going to cause Bobby Wagner to make a lot of tackles. And then you can hit them with the play-action pass. Now, Foles threw one touchdown in the preseason. One. Got it. Kenny Britt and and uh, and Quick, Brian Quick, are the receivers. I don't like their chances versus the Lees and the Boom, even without Cam Chancellor. But that's the key. If Cam Chancellor isn't that heavy hitter down there, who also subs in at linebacker on third downs, I'm a little worried about that defense. But I also like St. Louis's defense because they're very tough against the tight end. Now, can Jimmy Graham change that with Russell Wilson? Quite possibly. That's a very good target. You also got Fred Jackson in the mix to come in and spell Marshawn Lynch from time to time. They were good in Buffalo. Can they be good in Seattle as well? I don't know. Um, but I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game with a lot of great defense. I'm going to pick Seattle to open the season at um, St. Louis, bio. what you got, JT? Last four games that Seattle plays St. Louis. Seattle scored 20. This is, this is back in December. Seattle scored 20. St. Louis scored six. Game previous to that, which was back in um, um, October, when, uh, and they, uh, St. Louis was home. They beat Seattle 2026. Uh, previous year, back in um, a few days after Christmas in 2013, St. Louis went to Seattle and lost 27-9. Um, and then back in October of 2013, St. Louis was playing at home, lost 14-9. to So it can go either way, meaning a low-scoring game or, or a, a midland high-scoring game. Uh, I'm thinking uh, Seattle wins this, but it's going to be close. All right. Let's move on to a game that has more meaning to it than a little bit. I'm talking about Miami going to Washington. Um, now, I'm not going to expound too much on this game because we're running short on time. But I really believe that the Redskins are going to run Alfred Morris like crazy, and they're going to have to in order to slow down and Dominican Sue 
Cameron Wake, Jelani Jenkins, uh, uh, Van Rear, I can't remember his last name to save my life, but the other DN, and Brent Grimes in them. Um, now, a lot of people are picking Lamar Miller to do well against this Redskins defense. I say hold on. Hold on. Don't do it. Lamar Miller is a decent back, but he's not going to have a good game versus this this skin's defense. Now, the people that will will be uh, Landry, if Tannehill can give him the ball, as well as um, Kenny Stills, because I believe Parker is supposed to be the starter, but Kenny Stills is going to steal the job from him, um, in my opinion, sooner rather than later. Uh, the only thing I, I, I see here is Kirk Cousins cannot be pressured. If he's pressured, there there may be blah, there may be some turnovers. Now, Kirk Cousins also favors the short game. So don't expect Deshaun Jackson to have like 150 yards receiving because the ball is not going to go deep. If it happens that he gets that many yards, it's because he caught the ball short and took it the distance. That's what John Gruden has to tailor his offense to. He has to go to an Alex Smith base style of quarterbacking with Kirk Cousins, and uh, they can be successful. On the flip side, Ryan Tannehill has just a little bit better arm than Kirk Cousins, but not much. The difference is Tannehill's a little bit mobile. So you might see Tannehill run a little more. Um, but other than that, the big play here is Cameron Jordan or Jordan Cameron, whatever the, the daggone Titans name is for for uh for Miami. Well you better you better um you better remember it because he's going to wear you guys out. Tell you that right now. So you better remember it. You better remember it that um Kirk Cousins doesn't have a winning record, and it's far from a winning record. Uh, he may be the better option for the Redskins, but in this game against the uh, defense that the Dolphins are going to put up, good luck. Win, Miami Dolphins. You there? Hello, Victor. I just lost you. What happened? Hello, Victor. I cannot hear you. Let me call back in. Victor, are you there? Hello, Victor. I cannot hear you. You just unmuted me, but I cannot hear you. We just lost Victor. Okay. Uh, We were talking about the... uh, uh, Dolphins and um, Redskins, and I know Victor had something to say about it because I picked the Dolphins to win the game, but for some reason um, he is not on the line, and uh, I can't uh, stress enough how important it is for him to get back on the line. Let me see if I can get back into him. With apologize for this, people. I don't know what's going on with Block Talk Radio. We've had issues with them and uh, trying to straighten it out. And uh, let me see. Let me log back in here and see if I can catch up on Victor. Victor. I'm right here. here. Did you call in? Yes, I did. Okay. So it's 
kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Um, but what I was saying is you've got the Redskins who are facing off against um, Miami. And Miami is going to lose this game. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. And uh, we'll see what happens from there. So let's move on to the next game, which is uh, New Orleans at Arizona. And with New Orleans' top cover guy out, I think this is going to be a great game for Carson Palmer and John yes, Brown. Um, and Larry Fitzgerald. Well, I don't know about Larry Fitzgerald. I, I don't know about that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's that, that's why I'm the master. That's why I'm the master and, and you are the pupil, but that's okay. I guess you couldn't hear me because I was talking trash to you. But the master is not the master. That's all I'm going to say. You're not the master. So, in this game, Drew Brees looks to, uh, I guess, upset or upstage Carson Palmer's return uh, to Arizona. The problem is I don't like, you know, what's going to happen with with New Orleans. They're moving to a power run game. That means you're going to see a lot of Mark Ingram against a very tough Arizona run defense. And secondary, uh, the fact that Young's, um, the, the young tight end could not take the starting job from an aging Ben Watson is frightening to me. Does Ben Watson have any fantasy value? Very little. I know Drew Brees is his quarterback, but I believe it's going to be very little. Marcus Colston has some value, right? Brandon Coleman may have some value in this game, but it's going to be tough. I look for Arizona to open up the season with a very uh, decisive victory over New Orleans. What do you got, JT? I like Arizona playing at home, home opener. I keep stressing this home opener. Teams have high expectations, and the enthusiasm is probably at its peak. Home opener, um, everybody's fresh. Uh, looking at the team at a in a positive light, and uh, uh, with Carson Palmer, their number one quarterback, back and healthy, uh, including all the weapons, except for maybe Michael Floyd, who's a game time decision. Arizona, especially with Drew Brees and company, New Orleans Saints, one of the weaker teams uh, playing on the road. All right, let's move on to a game that looks to be pretty good as well as Detroit faces San Diego. Now, got some bar burners here, man. Got some real good games on this week. Yeah, real sure good do. Yep. Here's the deal. Um, I didn't think Detroit's defense was going to be that good. They looked pretty good in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Um, I know Haloti Nada, he had like one game under his belt, one preseason game under his belt to get him in shape and whatnot. And he's a force. Um, but... Here's the deal. I think Detroit's going to win this game because I don't like Melvin Gordon running the ball. Melvin Gordon has not shown that he can be an NFL running back. He's shown Wisconsin that he has a back. body. Well, yeah, Ron Dane, Monty Ball. Uh, yeah. But he's he's had um, opportunities to prove that he can be the starter. They're going to go with him as the starter. But the guy that should be the starter is Brandon Oliver 
who's proven that he can tote the rock last year. This preseason, he did pretty well. You also got Danny Woodhead in there, and you have um, uh, Donald Brown in there. So it's a it's a true committee in San Diego, but I don't think they're going to do that well versus Detroit. Phillip Rivers just signed that big contract. I like uh, Stevie Johnson and all those guys, but I'm not sure. And Jerry's obviously drafting at this point, which is crazy. He has a draft hours before the season opens, but you talk about me having drafts so early. You have you're so late. You're a crazy guy. Uh, what are you talking about? It sounds like you're drafting. Are you drafting? No, that was just an alert on my phone. Oh, okay, I was about to say, because that is crazy. Hours before the season begins, you're drafting. All right, so who do you have in this long game? As long, long, as, long, as, long as before the game, um, it, it should, doesn't make a difference when you're drafting, uh, as long as you, you get it in before the first game. Well, the first game started uh, um, um, Thursday. Thursday, so um, I wouldn't – there's no way I, I draft uh, – the weekend before the first game, so there's no way I draft any, any time after that. Uh, I have in this game, oh, this is a tough game, man. This is a tough game. Um, oh, God. Who do I want? Any I'll take now. the Chargers. I'll take the Chargers. Okay. I, I disagree, but uh, we'll see what happens. Another good, good game happening in Mile High Stadium. We get to see Baltimore take on Denver. And the guy that I think is going to have the the most impact is a guy that could have been the third receiver last year. Um, But you had Wes Welker in there. Um, But Mr. Lattimore is the guy that I think is going to be the spotlight along with Owen Daniels in this game. Why? Baltimore has a pretty good run defense. Their secondary is what is uh, worrisome. When you have Owen Daniels, who used to be a Raven last year, and his quarterback is Peyton Manning, who loves it though to the tight end, and Lattimore is a slot guy, and you have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, a.k.a. Bebe, on the outside. Um, that's going to hopefully – leave some running room for C.J. Anderson. Um, But on the flip side, Justin Forsett is going to have to run very hard and long in this game. Why? Because there's a pass rush like no other coming uh, at Joe Flacco, Von Miller, Demarcus Ware, and and a couple other cats out there. But the key here is ball control. I think it'll be ball control. If Baltimore okay. can control the clock, they'll win this game. If not, they will lose. Go ahead. Got a question for you. Got a question for you. Three quarterbacks. Okay. And I'm probably going to answer this myself. Uh, I'm probably going to reiterate it myself tomorrow. Three quarterbacks. Alex Smith, Joe Flacco, Tyrod Taylor. Which one do you start? What, this week or just period? This week. Mm. Mm. You know what? I'll be honest. Out of the three, I'm going with Tyrod. 
totally, wholeheartedly agreed. Agree with that. And 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 the reason why? Oh, my reason why? Um, yeah, well, because why. I like his I like his dual threat ability against that Indianapolis Colts defense. Indianapolis a young but very good secondary, but their linebacking core is is not as strong as it could be to uh, take care of somebody that's a you know running and passing quarterback. Um, if you look at Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco is a statue somewhat. I mean, he can move, got it. But right now, all he has is Steve Smith because their top pick, Perryman, he's injured. You know, I don't even know if Dennis Pitta is on the team or not. But if he is, that might be a saving grace. I don't like Justin Forsett. But against that Denver secondary, I don't like anything there. Uh, Now, Alex Smith, I know Alex Smith is going to throw a lot of screens. And I know Alex Smith is going to throw short passes. But he's not going to get me a lot of yards. And in fantasy, I need yards and I need touchdowns. Alex Smith does not give me either. You know, so that that's why. Especially going against Houston's defense, no, not at all. Okay, well, those uh, two quarterbacks I feel this this week are pretty even: Joe Flacco and uh, Alex Smith. And that's and the reason I put Tyrod Taylor in there is because he was a wild card. And I just wanted to ask you which way you thought you would would go. And uh, um, one of the rare occasions. We agree. <laughs> yes, it is rare. It is rare. Um, but to a game that I think you're going to be very upset with. Um, but I know A.J. Green's very happy because he just signed his extension with the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's going to be really well paid. But Cincinnati goes to Oakland. Now, Oakland just did something that I'm like, whoa. They got Alden Smith. And Alden Smith might play this Sunday. Um, the the thing here is this. Alden Smith was extremely explosive when he had Justin Smith beside him, when he had Cowboy beside him. Can he do the same thing in Oakland? I don't know. But with, um, oh, my God, I just had the, the dude's uh, face in my head. I can't remember his name to save my life. The, who, who we the head about? coach, head coach, head coach um, of Oakland. Oh man, I can't remember his name for for life of me, but his face is in there, right in my face. Uh, anyway, with that defense, I think he can be explosive. You also have um, Justin Tuck there, but Tuck has pretty much disappeared in a black hole, like a lot of people do once they go to Oakland. Um, but the thing is, David Carr can David Carr and Amari Cooper, and Michael Crabtree, and Latavius Murray. Thank you, Jack Del Rio. Um, And Latavius Murray and all these other cats, you know, step up and and beat the round and pound of Jeremy Hill. And, uh, you know, honestly, here's what I think. I think Oakland's going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game like 19 to 14 or something like that. I know 19 is an odd number, but 19-14 is where I think Oakland is going to open the season uh, winning this game because I don't like what's going on in in Cincinnati as far as their offense 
and they're losing players on defense already. Um, so I'm going to give this game to Oakland. What you got, JT? I like uh, I like the Oakland Raiders myself in this game, man. Um, you know how I feel about that uh, um, trio of Carr, Cooper, and uh, Murray. Um, I like the Raiders. Um, new and improved defense is get against uh, with a tough defensive minded coach in Del Rio. Uh, no nonsense coach with uh, uh, Khalil Mack, who's getting better, uh, who's yeah. better than he was last year, and he's an absolute monster. Um, beast in in that on that defensive side, um, I, I I like the Oakland Raiders and, and uh, I hate to say it, but I think the this two things that that uh, stand out in 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 uh, uh, the Bengals, their run defense, their run offense, and but to me their their skill players are soft yep. and on the exact opposite of. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they have some monsters or, and, and tough individuals, tough, tough, uh, physically and tough-minded uh, individuals on defense, with a soft-minded, uh, in my opinion, and soft uh, type of offensive skill players. So, going up against a physical team, which I think Oakland is going to try to bring it to them, home opener in Oakland, black hole, like you said, I like the Oakland Raiders. One thing I want to say before we move on, we only have 12 minutes before a game, so we should be able to do this. Mm-hmm. When James Harrison punked, and I'm going to say it, punked Jay Gruden on hard knocks a couple years ago about hitting uh, A.J. Green and stuff, that told me two things. One, Jay Gruden cannot be a head coach in the NFL, even though he's now the head coach of my team. Two, that that team is so soft that nobody really wanted to talk to this dude. I'm talking about when they did hard knocks for Cincinnati, I think last mm-hmm. year um, mm-hmm. or year before last, and they were scared of him. You can't be scared. Your coaches and your players can't be scared <laughs> of your own teammates. You can't. You're right. So That's that funny. To I mean, it's funny to me. It's funny to I mean, me. Yeah, it's, it, it's funny, but that goes to show yeah. who's soft yeah. and how soft you they can. are. All you got to do is look at the hard knocks. Look at hard knocks, Cincinnati Bengals, last year or year after last, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. When A.J. Green got hurt, James Harrison punked, punked Jay Gruden, and then he punked the rest of the linebacking core. That's not even funny. But let's move on because we only have a little bit of time left. And a game that uh, could be good, but I think it's going to be bad because, one, I don't know if Mike Evans is going to play. He's also a game-time decision. And that means Lewis Murphy is going to step up if he cannot play uh, opposite of of uh, um, Benson Jackson. But I don't like Jameis Winston in this game at all, at all. I think Tennessee's defense is far better than a lot of people think. And Jameis Winston is going to have like a two or three turnover game um, in this game. Now, Marcus Mariota and the Titans, they're okay. I'm worried. I'm worried about Delaney Walker's value because Mariota seemingly has not gotten him the ball the way I thought he could and should during the preseason, but we shall see. Um, Another big target for Mariota is uh, Darrell Beckham. Now, I don't know if if Beckham is going to uh, be the third receiver or the fourth receiver, but when you got Harry Douglas starting 
and you got Nate Washington. I think it's Nate. No, Nate was with Houston. Um, you don't have a, a a stellar set of receivers um, and a system like he did in Oregon to spread the ball out and, and be crazy. Also, Bishop Sankey split in time with um, the other running back because David Cobb is hurt, doesn't bowl well. But on the flip side, Tampa Bay, Doug Martin, Chris Sims, we don't know who their starting running back is or who's going to get the bulk of the, of the touches. So fantasy-wise, Doug this Martin. is a game – well, okay, but this is a game I'm staying away from fantasy-wise. Um, as far as NFL-wise, I'm going to pick Tennessee in a close one, um, maybe coming down to the field goal kickers. But I see James Winston throwing at least three picks or having three turnovers if they let him throw the ball – more than 20 times in this game. They need to run the rock. And that's the only way that Jameis Winston is going to be effective in this game because his his field vision is terrible. It's just terrible. Real quick, JT, what you got? Tampa Bay hosting Tennessee. I can't remember the last time to, uh, uh, to the last two um, Heisman Trophy winners went up against each other. Especially in a wait a minute, especially in the quarterback position. Especially in the quarterback well, position, not not didn't just Andrew Luck win. Didn't Andrew Luck no. win the Heisman? Okay. No, Andrew Luck okay. did not win the Heisman. So that's why I'm saying two um, Heisman Trophy winners going up against each other, um, and also number, pick number one and pick number two. Now, quite naturally. Luck and, and uh, RG3 have gone up against each other, if I'm not mistaken. Preseason, but, yep. Yep, but this is two of the last Heisman Trophy winners, and they went in draft one and two, going up against each other, first game out in the season. Big game for Tampa Bay. Big game, high expectations. I'm going to keep saying that because home opener, high expectations, and Jameis has a lot of weapons to throw to. A lot of weapons to throw to. Um, He's got the running backs. He's got uh, a tight end, and he's got two wide receivers. And even if um, Mike Evans doesn't play, Lewis Murphy can substitute uh, pretty well. He's not Mike Evans, but he's got options to throw to. Um, Mariota, on the other hand, is um, a runner, and he's he's got – Limited options. Uh, very interesting game, but I have to go with the home team. I like the uh, uh, Buccaneers. All right, let's move on. Giants at Dallas. This is going to be a pretty good game as well. Shoot out. Um, yeah, Shoot out. really, honestly. Um, no defense in this game, I'm predicting. Um, I think Dallas opens up the season with a running back carousel. They picked up Michael, uh, Christian Michael, who was cut by uh, Seattle. And now they're throwing him in the mix. I don't know how much of a a mix he's going to have, but that tells me that Joseph Randall does not have a secure lock on the starting job. Of course, Darren McFadden, if he can stay healthy, should be the starter in my opinion, but he isn't. Um, Mainly why? Because he hasn't been healthy during preseason. Now, Dallas has a very good offense, and their defense is getting better. Todd Marinelli is is trying his best to do what he can with that team. Their top pick, Randy 
Um, you know, this dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's a wasted pick or if, you know, all the weed made him that much better. I haven't heard anything about him, which is good, but that's also bad because he should be lighting up, you know, preseason or should have been lighting up preseason. But uh, I guess not. Eli Manning, I don't like Eli. But um, when you have a, a running head by, I mean, a running by committee situation when you uh, have Williams and Jennings back there, you have a good chance of, of pounding the rock successfully, especially against the soft middle of the Dallas Cowboys, who are going to be without their two starting inside linebackers. Um, I think Sean Lee is starting, but so that'll bold well if he can stay healthy for the Cowboys. Um, ODB. ODB should have a good game in this game. Unfortunately, I'm not sure who the other starting wide receiver is. Victor Cruz is out, or he's going to be ruled out because he hasn't practiced all week. So I know James Jones is there, but he's not. He's not Victor Cruz, and he's inconsistent. So we'll see what happens in that game. But I'm unfortunately, I'm going to pick Dallas to win this game. Go ahead, JT. The Giants, including Eli Manning, play pretty well in in, um, in in Dallas. In fact, I think they spoiled Dallas's home opener when they opened up the new stadium. So what I'm going to go with, Dallas Cowboys. Star wins the first game at home, 2015. Yep. Now, to me, this game that I'm about to talk about, Philly at Atlanta, is probably going to be the, the – Best offensive game of the weekend. Um, now, Bradford looks like he can light it up in that system uh, that Chip Kelly has with Philly. And Ryan and the Falcons have looked very good this preseason, very good. The problem is Devontae Freeman's hurt. So they're going to start with, uh, I believe, Coleman. Coleman is starting at, at, at uh, halfback, Tevin Coleman. And Roddy White is, uh, I think he's going to play, but how effective he's going to be, uh, I don't know. But I do know that Ryan has looked good. Here's the deal. Both defenses, no. Only thing that saves Philly's defense is their special teams because the special teams either scores or they uh, get the ball and move it in, in pretty good um, offensive situations for the for the Atlanta Falcons, I mean for the Philadelphia Eagles offense, mm-hmm. meaning they shift the field, they shift the field, and uh, that's very important in, in the game of football. So that's the saving grace for Philly's defense. Um, but other than that, I have Atlanta winning this game um, in a close one, thirty-five, thirty-one, and we got about ninety seconds left to live there, which is good because we're down to two games. Go ahead, JT. Shootout. I see another shootout. Two two offenses that like to light the scoreboard up. Um, Philly has the better defense, and I'm going with Philly just for that reason. Better defense. All right. Last game of the week um, actually is a rebirth of a player that everybody wants to see, and I can understand why it's happening Monday night where Minnesota travels to San Francisco. Um, AP 
comes out on the grass, and Teddy Bridgewater looked really good during the preseason without AP. But uh, give him a good running game against a very porous um, uh, San Francisco team, who, by the way, stopped the Houston Texans eight, no, six straight times on the goal line. So I might be, you know, eating my words. But that was Alfred Blue, so you never know. Um, but Minnesota, with their Charles Johnson, who I believe is going to have a very good year, um, Cal Rudolph, who I think is going to have a very good year. Maybe not a good game here, but um, a good year. Um, goes against Kaepernick, who I am not at all, you know, impressed by uh, as far as getting the ball to receivers. Anquan Bolden, uh, Torrey Smith, uh, Vernon Davis. The thing here is, can Carlos tote the rock for San Francisco? And if so, can he get past Everson Griffin and the rest of these guys for the uh, for the Minnesota Vikings? If Kaepernick throws the ball, if Kaepernick throws the ball, look for Harrison Smith to have one to two picks in this game. In my opinion, this game is all about AP and Minnesota's D. Minnesota Vikings win this game. JT. Um. I'm going to have to go with the Vikings on this one. Um, I got to see more from the 49ers before I, I go with them. Got to see more. They lost okay. too much and too much too much has been going on. Exactly. Too much. The, that, the outside influence is going to have this team, honestly. All the internal stuff that has gone outside is funneling back in, and it's not helping. Lastly, before we get off this air, Jerry, we have two matchups, guys with big shoes, one in uh, the Parlay Palace. How do yes, you sir. see, honestly, honestly, how do you see yourself uh, turning out in both games? I see me winning both, surprisingly enough. Uh, one's going to be closer than the other, but I see uh, me prevailing in uh, um, uh, guys with big shoes, which is the closer of the two matchups, and, um, and quite naturally in the uh, – with me uh, garnering uh, um, Aaron Rodgers in that, um, I think I'm going oh, to come Jesus. out on top. Jesus. Come out on top. I hate that. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I know. I I know you hated that, and you 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 could have you could have would have stopped it, but you couldn't. The train was rolling, and beast mode was in effect in the parlay palace. Whatever. Um, um, I, honestly, I see myself winning both matchups. Like I said, in the Parlay Palace, I think it's going to be closer um, of the two matches. Well, now that you have Aaron Rodgers, yeah, it'll be closer. Uh, but I I see a one-and-one one, a split. Thanks to that dumb trade, Aaron Rodgers might put you over the hump over me in that one league. Other than that, I think I have a, a lock on the uh, guys with big shoes game. So we'll talk about it uh, next week. Um, as we break down or prepare you for week two of the NFL, it's football time, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, sir. fantasy sports and politics, we're here. Mr. FSP, to you, along with JTATM Money, always gives you what you want, always gives you what you need to succeed. And uh, we want to thank you for listening to the show. Anything you want to say before we get out of here, JT? 
Tune in tomorrow, the master plan as it starts his fantasy season with you, um, with uh, uh, my projections on the players in each matchup of each uh, uh, game uh, and their fantasy impact, and possibly, and like I do every year, um, guys you can pick up off the waiver wire. I know it's early. I know you haven't seen anybody, but guys you want to maybe pick up off the waiver wire that are sitting there. Um that may have an impact coming down the road, maybe even next week. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sunday morning. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get out of here. We'll see you next week. Right here, same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks, JT. We're out. Hey, take care. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know I got mine. But there's like this.